Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I'm your host, Pastor Denise, and I welcome you back to today's show. We welcome you all across the world uh, back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast, where we are healthy overcomers' purpose and we maintain an eternal perspective in Christ Jesus our Lord. So today, before we begin, we're going to open with a word of prayer, and then we have a phenomenal author that will be chatting with us today on the show. Her name is Anissa Short, and she will talk, be talking to us about her book, The Vendor Blueprint. But before we bring on Anissa, we're going to open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word we thank you, O oh God, for this broadcast. We thank you for the opportunity, O oh God, to share what you have for us. Father, we bless your name, and we thank you, O oh God, for those that are listening. We pray that what they hear, that they would move and in it expeditiously to do whatever you have purposed in their lives to do, Father. Father, we thank you, O oh God, for um, the author that is here today, this evening, tonight, we thank you for what you will share through her, and we bless your name. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hoping Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Enforcers Broadcast. Today we have a phenomenal author that will share with us about, um, she's going to talk about her book entitled The Vendor Blueprint. So before um, we go any further, we want to have, Anissa Short to introduce herself. Great evening, Denise. Thank you again for this opportunity. Um, as already um, stated, my name is Anissa Short. I live in the city of Fayetteville, North Carolina, originally from Memphis, Tennessee. And um, a little bit about me, I'm the oldest of two daughters. My parents have been married over 50 years. I am married myself to my awesome husband, Alfonso. Um, we've been a, a resident of the state of North Carolina for almost seven years. Um, I've lived in various different places as a result of our employer. We work, we're a federal family, so we travel quite a bit sometimes. But um, I'm delighted to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity. So thanks again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Anissa. So we're going to jump right in into our interview about your book, the book entitled The Vendor Blueprint. So tell us about your book. Give us an overview about your book. The book itself um, can be really looked at as a resource, to be honest with you. It, the purpose of the book was to assist those who may not be very comfortable with um, vending opportunities. Many times those who start businesses from home who may not have worked in retail establishments before they may have started their own home-based business. You know, whether they're a baker or a seamstress or maybe in direct sales, they take or participate in opportunities at various festivals 
where they can market themselves. A lot of them are very apprehensive about doing so because it's unfamiliar territory. So I wrote the book to help those who fall in that category specifically. I also, I also consider this book an excellent tool for those who might mentor other women in, or people in business. I've been in direct sales myself, building a business from home for 20 years. I've had for the last 10 years the opportunity to coach other people in building home-based businesses. And oftentimes, as a mentor or coach, they rely on me um, for tips and direction. And so for those who might fall in that category, the book can serve as an excellent resource from that capacity as well. And then, of course, there are those who are not novices. They've been doing this for a while. They feel pretty comfortable with um, how they represent in the marketplace, but sometimes a good refresher would be what I would say this book can provide them with, it provide them with the confirmation that they need that they're doing a great job, and maybe even a few tips on how they can take things to the next level. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that. It sounds very interesting. Um, the next question I have for you is what do you believe, um, now that you told us about the book, what do you think is the most difficult part of, um, as you were sharing about direct sales or being an entrepreneur or um, just building a business? What do you think the most difficult part is? Actually, um, one of the things that I have found in my 20-some-odd years, especially I work in a venue where most of the people that I interact with are female. And in that particular genre of entrepreneurs, women tend to, um, get very discouraged um, easily. I think it's because we're emotional creatures. And so one of the reasons that precipitated me writing this book is because some women in starting became very, um, they became very discouraged in their attempts, and not because they were not representing well and not because they were not excited about their business opportunity. They just didn't have all the tools they needed. Sometimes they didn't have the mentorship in place. Sometimes they didn't avail themselves to the training that they needed to excel. And so because of all of those extraneous variables, they became discouraged in the process and oftentimes quit before they could really realize success. So I, I really believe that being able to press beyond the disappointment, once a person can get past the initial disappointment of not maybe getting the support that they thought they were going to get, they really can do well. And for women, particularly, that can be especially challenging. That's why having a mentor or a business coach or someone who has already gone before you is important to have in your life so they can help you get through that, through that time. So can you share just a little bit from your book? Thank you for sharing that. But can you share a little bit from your book about um, a tip that maybe you shared with um, women just briefly, not a whole lot of information. I know you don't want to share a lot of information from your book, but uh, just a, briefly, what was one of the things you shared with women about um, getting past that point? Denise, there are two things I would offer out of the book that I discussed, and one of which is that every bending opportunity is not your opportunity. It's very important that we know who our target market is and we don't say yes to every opportunity. Just because you expect a lot of people to be at a venue does not mean that that's the perfect opportunity for you to set up. Some events may make it available for you to be a vendor, but if the people in attendance are not your target market, you're wasting your time and your money. 
if the people in attendance are, um, are not afforded an opportunity to invest time with you as the vendor, then you've wasted your time and money. So one of the things I, I often express is this. Just because the event says they have space for vendors, just because the event affords you an opportunity for exposure, that doesn't mean you should always say yes to every opportunity. So that's one thing. The second thing I would say is that um, once you become an invested partner, once, once you choose to be a vendor at a specific event, you have also decided to co-partner with the host of that event. It is not the host's responsibility to make sure that people are there for you. A lot of times we rely on the host or the, or the entity that's hosting the event to do all the advertising. As soon as I decide to be a vendor at an event, it's my responsibility to partner with that hostess to ensure that the event is a success. When I do that, I've not only just paid money and invested time to be there, but I've also invested, um, I planted a seed in the success of the event. So I encourage um, those vendors, when they, when they say yes to an opportunity, then use their own personal influence and share that, that opportunity or that event with as many people as they can. Encourage their own client base, encourage their own followers to attend the event. If every vendor did that, then the attendance will be, out, will be outstanding. But a lot of times we don't do that. We'll just pay our fee, set up our table, and we'll just sit and complain that there weren't very many people in attendance when actually part of the advertising was our responsibility as soon as we decided to be a part of the event. Those are two nuggets. Now, I got a lot more in that book, but those are two things I would definitely, definitely share is, again, in, in recapping is just to make sure that you know that everyone knows that every event may not be for you. And then the second one is that as soon as you say yes to the opportunity, you also have agreed to partner with the host to ensure that event is a success. And they have a successful representation and attendance. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you for sharing that because, um, I mean, I've worn several hats. And, and I know as a, an author myself and as a um, coach, a writing coach, a lot of times authors, don't realize that they have a role to play. Um, even sometimes myself, when I first started vending, I didn't realize that I had a role to play. So thank you for sharing that. Now, I do have another question. Um, the question is, as people are seeking vending events, and sometimes when we're first-time authors, we get very excited. So what would you say are some red flags um, when you're seeking a vending event? I detail some questions that um, you could ask the host. If the communication with the person that's hosting the event is very lax, then that's a red flag. If they um, cannot give you any feedback or they can't give you any um, specific information timely, that's a red flag. Um, I, I would sometimes people people think that, if the crowd is not going to be large, that should be a red flag, but I don't always agree with that because it's not always about quantity as much as it is quality. If I've got, if the event only has 50 people there, but they're within my target market and they love my product, that's excellent. I would much rather be in that venue than to say that the, the event is going to have a 1,000 folks there who don't have even enough time to come by my table. So um, I would say the, the biggest red flag would be the reputation of the host and the, the, the way in which the host 
communicate. If the communication, you can't get them on the phone, if the information is incomplete, you know, inconsistent, if they are not responding to your calls or texts timely, then those will be the biggest red flags for me. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, part of that question is, do you think there's a price range that may also be a red flag for an individual that's seeking a vending event? Not necessarily. It depends on what fits your budget. We have to be mindful of the fact that as entrepreneurs, we're businesses first. Um, So we have to take the emotion out of it totally. We have to look at things from a financial standpoint. So if I'm just getting started in a business and I don't have much capital for advertising and for vending events, then I have to uh, um, I have to take into consideration what my budget is, in addition to what the crowd is, the event, and I and I address some of that in my book as well. Um, all vending events are not created equal, and but we have to look at not just the price point or the investment, but who's hosting it and the crowd. For example, it might be a church that's hosting the event, and the vendor fee might be fifty dollars, and if, and but there may only be thirty people that come to the event. Well, then you may have another event that's hosted by your local chamber, your city chamber, and there could be a thousand people there, and the vendor fee might be two fifty, two hundred and fifty dollars over a two or three day period. Well, to me, that would be a greater investment that financially, but it also provides greater opportunities for me to meet more people. So all of that is relative. It's not it's not really cut and dry or black and white. You have to look at everything together. You have to look at all the aspects of it at once together in a nutshell, not just one aspect of it. The financial aspect, of course, is important, and you have to do things that are within your budget. But at the same time, you can't just use your budget as the only deciding factor of whether to participate. Because in business, you have to make investments if you want to get the, depending on the return that you want. You will get out of the investment what you put into it. Wow, thank you. Thank you, because I I know for me that's one of the things um, I have to look at the overall, because I've had um, opportunities where people ask me to come to certain places, and sometimes the price for vending is well over three four hundred dollars. But my question is, you know, what am I going to benefit from spending that kind of money to do a vending event? So. Um, that's why I wanted to ask that question, and I'm sure somebody else has Denise, that as well. And let me add, let me add this too, if I may. One of the other misconceptions that I have found over the years is that people feel like if I make this investment of this $100, $200, or in the case if you made reference to three or $400, am I going to get my money back? Bending events are not always about an immediate sale. It's about making connections. So if you make the connection with the right people, even though you've made the investment of, let's say, $200, and you've driven there, and you may not have sold $200 worth of merchandise, but if you've met four or five people who then open up doors of opportunity for you later that end up generating you thousands of dollars, then I would say that $200 investment was worth it. So we have to take our eyes off of the the actual sale in and of itself because vending events, truth be told, vending events, is about affording you an opportunity for exposure more so than sales. If you can get some sales and you um, and that happens as a result of you participating, that's the gravy. 
But if you can get great contacts and people that you connect with, that you can collaborate with later, you can't put a value on that. So all of that, again, and I address that in my book as well because there's more to it than just the dollars and cents. It's, there's a bigger picture involved. Thank you for that. Now, you um, also talked a lot about, I've heard you say, target market. And um, sometimes I believe even in sales or just trying to get out there as authors or just I'm just speaking from an author uh, point of view, but sometimes we um, authors or just people that are just new to the industry, they don't realize who their target market is. So, how, what are some tips, or how could someone recognize their target market? Denise, that's a great question, and I'm going to refer back to um, a statement that I made earlier, is that depending on the specific industry that you're in, you need to have a mentor or coach that's already, that's already done what you're attempting to do that can provide you with that guidance. So every target market or every industry has a different target market. So for myself, although I am an author, I've been in direct sales for years. So in the direct sales company for which I'm a part of, my target market 99% of the time is women, women with, with you know, with are females. However, that does not mean I want to attend an event that's male-dominating. I will during specific times of the year because in the business that I'm in, I also make gifts. So in the Christmas season, I don't mind going to an event that's catered to men only because I understand how men shop. They don't like to shop. They, they will buy. So I would be more apt to, to attend an event for men in the holiday season or during Valentine's season because I know I'm going to be able to provide them with a courtesy or a, um, a service that they need or they can appreciate. Any other time, however, I'm going to target events that, that are um, prone to women, that are targeted to women, because 99% of my client base are to women. That's, that's what my product um, attracts, more women. So when it comes to being an author or maybe a baker or a seamstress, then it's important that you find a mentor that's in your respective industry who has built their business with a level of integrity that you can trust that can guide you along the way, and they can provide you with some of the tips that they learned by experience so that you don't have to repeat any mistakes that they may have made. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, my other question is, before I shift into a different area, my other question for you is, what is one non-traditional way that um, sometimes we look certain places or seek certain places for vending opportunities. But what's one particular non-traditional way that maybe somebody hasn't thought about where they can, um, you know, receive a vending opportunity? Now, when you say non-traditional, what do you mean? Like most of the time, vending we may find, um, you know, online or somebody might have told us about it. But what's another way that people can find, you know, opportunities that they didn't even necessarily think about? Okay, that's a good question. And you, you're right. One of the things I did when I moved to the area where I live now, I didn't know anybody. So I went to Facebook, to social media, because oftentimes there are events already posted months in advance so you can find out, you know, who's hosting what event. They can, I mean, that way you can reach out to them to, to connect. Another thing I would say is that it's important that you, as a small business owner, 
especially if you're home-based because people won't know you exist unless you get out. You've got to network and connect with other um, organizations that support entrepreneurship or, or support small businesses so that once you build um, a network, not just show up periodically but actually connect with a group that you attend regularly, then what you'll find is that you'll have a community of people that will begin to look out for each other. So that wouldn't be any – you would find out about events that you probably wouldn't even know about because of the relationships that you've established with people who are made aware of events before they're even posted. That has happened for me many times. Um, other than that, actually, that's pretty much it. I, I don't know if that would be considered nontraditional. Um, it would be in a sense that it's not advertised. I just feel like relationships are your biggest resource. So the sooner you choose to get out of the comfort zone and step out of the box and connect with other people, you will find that um, you will have opportunities presented all the time. I say that, Denise, from personal experience because, again, when I moved here, I didn't know anybody. And one of the things that I faced when I got here was that anytime I reached out to, to attempt to be a part of an event as a vendor, they are, there was always someone else representing my company in place. So one of the things I did is I started hosting my own events. And I, in hosting my own events, I ended up having people reach out to me wanting to be a vendor at my event. And in, as a result of that, I built relationships with other folk who then began to look out for me. So it's all about relationships. So the sooner we choose to build relationships with people who may not necessarily be in our same company, but they are like-minded people, ambitious people, people who are, apt, who are about succeeding and seeing others succeed, they will then begin to be your resource about vending opportunities and even other opportunities that may be um, hosted and sponsored that can assist you with building a successful business. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I totally agree. I found that to be um, true as well is those relationships that I connect with and how God just divinely connects me with people, and that's how I end up with a an opportunity I did not expect, even sometimes months later or weeks later or even a day later where I there's an opportunity for me. So I believe that um, networking is very, very important. So thank you for sharing that. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. So my next question for you is is there another book that you're working on or is there another project you're working on? Yes, ma'am. Actually, The Vendor Blueprint is my second book. The first book that I wrote, it was an, actually an anthology project that launched on the day after Christmas. It was called, or it is called, As For Me and My House. And I, I, I was a part of that with several other authors, as I said before, as an anthology. So, the Vendor Blueprint is my second book. The third book that I'll be writing, um, I have the outline already made. I just got to get started. And it is about entrepreneurship as well. Um, without going into a lot of detail about it, what I will say is this, is that I provide seven keys to success, seven keys to success in building a business from home. And the, the premise of what I share comes straight out of the Bible. So um, I'm, I'm excited about that book. I really thought it would have been my first, but it's going to be my third. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Um, my other question for you is, do you offer workshops? Because um, I just hear workshops brewing. So I'm just asking, do you offer workshops, or are you in the future wanting to offer workshops? 
Denise, I have offered, I have been doing workshops and training workshops for a while. Um, I made a shift in 2019 to do things a little differently. And so on last year, or rather, yeah, this year, I hosted my very first virtual summit where I had speakers, and everything was done live on Facebook. So it was a virtual workshop, a virtual conference. I've done virtual workshops live on Facebook. And um, as a matter of fact, the, the one I did in January focused on how to excel as a vendor. It was called Expo Excel, and I shared some of the nuggets from my book. I do have workshops planned. Last year I hosted my very first um, Work From Home Expo where we spotlighted home-based business owners and we provided them with a lot of nuggets to, to precipitate, to encourage them to take their business to the next level. I'm all about empowering and educating. I consider myself an advocate for the home-based entrepreneur. So that Work From Home Expo was last year, and I'll be hosting another one this year. So to answer your question, yes, and any, any workshops or summits or, or events that I host can be found on my Facebook page when I post it. I, I can be found at ampersand W-F-H-C-E-O. That's the Work From Home CEO. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that. So um, another question is, what is some inspiration or what is um, or who is the person that has inspired you along the way to even step out there into um, the land of being an author and also continuing to assist people in the same, you know, area where you have trained so much? So who may have been that inspiration or what may have inspired you to do that? Actually, my biggest supporter is my husband. He was the one who has for years said to me that I was giving away too much, too much of my information. That's basically the what he said in a gist. Because I've always been about helping people, and I like to see people. I like to be – I want to see people succeed. So I don't – when people say, can you help, I would always say, yes, what do you need to know? And so there were many times when I would be on the phone with someone for 40 minutes, an hour, and he'll say, you know, that was a complete workshop you just did. So he said, take what you've gotten and um, pass it on to even more people in this or without, you know, to working smarter, I guess, is what he was saying, versus working harder. So that's what led me to write the vendor blueprint because I've been working with a lot of vendors, a lot of small business owners, and helping them become vendors, hosting events where I needed vendors, and even – there are those who were hosting events that wanted me to facilitate the vendors for their event. That was the aspect, you know, the responsibility I had. And so that's what, that's what led me to write this book. So with regards to support, he's my, been my biggest cheerleader. Now what I will say, too, is I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurship in and of itself um, is probably part of, part of my DNA, I guess you could say. I didn't realize that. I mean, at the age of 14, I was babysitting and doing other things to make extra money. So I was always entrepreneurial, you know, in my makeup. That's what I was doing. Um, my grandmother was an entrepreneur. I have uncles, entrepreneur. My father worked a full-time job, but he always had his own business on the side. So entrepreneurship, as I said earlier, was a, a really a part of my DNA. Um, keeping it going not giving up. Um, I've been blessed to be in a circle of a lot of great people, and it didn't happen by accident. It was really sometimes 
divinely inspired most of the times, but of course, when we choose to be successful, we have to make the, the successful decisions. And so I chose to um, surround myself with people who are successful. Not all of them are authors. Not all of them are in the direct sales company for which I represent. They're in their own lane, but they believe in success and they love what they do. And so being in a community of people who aspire to be successful makes a difference as well. That would be the only advice I would give to people. If you want to be successful, you've got to surround yourself with successful people. Hey, man, I, I agree with that as well. That was one of my questions I was going to ask you. What would be some advice you would give to someone? Now, my other question, last question is, what advice would you share with someone who is just dealing with fear of stepping out and becoming the entrepreneur that God has placed them in this earth to be? What would be some advice, a bit of advice to share with them on um, dealing with fear? Well, anytime I talk with a lady who's getting ready to start her business with me or and she says, I'm afraid, my next response to her is congratulations. That means you're normal because most people are afraid. Anytime you try to do something new or you attempt to do something that's outside of your comfort zone, there's always going to be an element of fear. That, that's just by nature. It's, it's, it just comes with the territory. You've got to press beyond the fear, though. So, and then what are you afraid of? You've got to consider, what are you afraid of? And they say, well, I'm afraid of failing. What does that look like? What does failing look like? And most of the times they can't even answer that question. What if I'm not good at this? Why wouldn't you be good at it? You're good at what you do now. Are you a, a nurse? Yes, I'm a nurse. How did you become good at being a nurse? Well, I went to school, and you showed up on the job, and you got trained and mentored by somebody on the job to help you learn to do what you need to know, right? Exactly. How did you come to become successful as a hairstylist? Well, I went to school. And then you showed up every day, right? Exactly. And then you were mentored by people who knew things that you didn't know by experience, and you listened to what they said, and you took their advice and you implemented it. And they say, yes. I say, it's no different than starting a business. You decided to start a business. Congratulations. Now you've got to show up and take advice from people who've already been gone before you and just uh, implement what they've shared and, and make it work. And when it doesn't work out right, then you figure out another way to do it. So you have to press beyond the fear. I wish I could say that you're not going to be afraid, but I can't say that because that's the reality of where we are. And even it comes with the territory, let me say it that way. And even after you get started and you choose to take your business to the next level, there's going to be another element of fear that comes into play because now you're satisfied and you're content with where you are, but now you want to reach to another plateau where then fear shows up again. It's just a part of the package, but you've got to press beyond that. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you, Anissa, for sharing that. Now, how can people connect with you, reach out to you, and um, even send you messages or, or buy a copy of your book? Both of my books can be found on Amazon. They can just simply type in my name, Anissa Short. That is spelled A-N-I-S-S-A. And my last name is Short as in not very tall, so they can purchase my books there. They can also find me under my name on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then, of course, I mentioned earlier that my brand name is the Work From Home CEO, and if they would just type in ampersand WFH CEO on Instagram or Facebook, they can find my page there as well. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I um, even learned some things from you as well. So um, we're going to go ahead and pray out. And again, thank you for sharing with the people today. Father, we thank you, O oh God, for your woman of God. We thank you, O oh God, for what you're doing in her life. We thank you, O oh God, for you continuing to just um, shape and mold her and continue to grow her in the area that you have for her, Father. Father, we thank you, O oh God, for those that are listening. We pray that they would move in purpose, O oh God, and that they would know and use wisdom that you have given to each and every one of us and the wisdom that has been shared here on the broadcast. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. In Jesus' holy name, we thank you. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. Have a phenomenal week and continue to find your hope in Christ Jesus and walk in your true identity and fulfill your purpose in him. Have a phenomenal week.